Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. What's the most decorous way to leave a company where you have worked happily for decades? I'd always thought there were three things well-behaved people never did. They don't poach colleagues, they don't hang around afterwards but make a clean break, and they don't get embarrassingly emotional. Each of these rules makes sense. But now that I'm finally leaving the FT after 32 years, I find myself in flagrant breach of all three. I've spent much of the last year coaxing older colleagues and ageing professionals of all sorts to quit and join me as teachers in inner London schools. As for a clean break, when the FT suggested I go on writing a dozen articles a year, I grabbed it. I like writing. The extra cash will come in handy and I want to write about teaching. But the third rule I'm breaking unexpectedly and unwillingly. As I sit down to write this last column, I feel so wobbly I can hardly put one word in front of another. This has taken me quite by surprise. I announced I was leaving so long ago I've had ages to get used to the idea, and it's not as if I'm regretting it. Although I still love my work, I knew it was time to go once I realised I'd stop being frightened of writing useless columns. Fear is life's biggest motivator, and without it, you have to move on. When I started to clear out my desk last week, I felt fine. I simply scooped up 32 years of workplace detritus and dumped it in the bin. I barely glanced at the letters I'd been preserving in desk drawers for decades. I Marie Kondoed the lot into paper recycling. I paused briefly over the collection of dusty trophies awarded by organisations that are now defunct. But my dilemma was whether to put them into the mixed recycling bin or the general rubbish. With desk clear, I went downstairs to get a Diet Coke from the vending machine and bumped into a man who works in the library and has been at the FT almost as long as I have. I'll miss you, he said. We go way back. Out of nowhere, I was hit by the momentousness of it all. The Financial Times has been a constant for virtually my entire adult life. It's been part of my existence longer than any of my children, who are all now grown up. I've just told an old friend that I'm beset with an odd sort of grief, and she pointed out, in a slightly backhanded way, that my relationship with the FT has been one of the longest and most successful of my life, and now I'm ending it. If she's right to see it as a relationship, the question is who or what that relationship has been with. It's more than with a group of colleagues as they have come and gone. Of all the people I joined with in 1985, only the editor is still at it. It's more than a relationship with a building – Although a particular commute, my view over a flat roof, my often repeated jokes with the doorman have been the scaffolding of my working days. Instead, I feel I have a relationship with an idea of the Financial Times. That idea stands for judgment, 
and knowledge and decency. Though it's soppy to say so, it's an idea I cling to, one that fills me with pride. Most of all, the relationship is the slightly lopsided one I have with readers. You know me, or the side I choose to write about, but I don't know you. Even after 23 years of writing this column, I still can't work you out. Sometimes I write things that vastly amuse me, like how Jeff Bezos keeps his vitamin pills in his socks, which you judge stupid. But then I write something I think a bit lame, like how it's good to say no, and you like it a lot. It doesn't matter if readers can be an enigma to me. You do read the stuff. Then you write to me intelligently about it. You have, one way or another, paid my salary, for which I'm eternally grateful. I'm not frightened of losing the status of FT Club membership. It's the thought of being without the safety blanket of your response, both approval and disapproval, that's unnerving me. Yet even this doesn't scare me as much as the thought of teaching ratios to bottom set year nine. That truly terrifies me, which is precisely the point. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.